I wanted to tell you two things that I've been hearing from people in recent coaching conversations and just conversations that I'm having with friends who happen to lead things across the country. Number one, we're lonely. We're lonely right now in the season. We need to reconnect with people. We miss getting together. We miss some of the regular meetings and team meetings in person that we've had. If you're feeling that, it turns out you're very normal. The second thing is the extreme amount of growth. We feel like we are behind. There's so many things from racial racial tensions and upheaval right now in our world to where are we going this fall to personal growth that may have been pushed aside and you had to make sacrifices for this next season. And so if you are feeling like you are behind in some way and need to grow in massive ways this fall and you are feeling lonely, then let me just say you are normal. You are not a freak. You are not the only one. We are all feeling that. And at Stay Forth, we are coming together to create a great option for you, actually several great options for you to jump into cohorts this fall. Combat loneliness by getting together with other leaders in a safe place. And, well, we're going to be learning together about topics we all need to grow in right now. We've got several offerings here in our cohort season. It kicks off the first week of September. So now is the time to register. Registration just went live. You can go on over to the Stay Forth page to take a look at these three. But we have three different options for you. The first one is a healthy leaders cohort. If you want to get healthy, and learn how to stay healthy so you can lead for the long haul. We're going to walk you for six weeks through our tools, and we co-lead this with a male and a female. We have an awesome group of leaders leading that. That's our Healthy Leaders cohort. The second one is on racial reconciliation. I am going to be co-hosting this with one of our teammates, Melinda Joy Mingo. Now, she's an expert on this, has led many teams, businesses, churches, and organizations through this. She actually has a book that we are going to lead people through as well. We're going to create a safe space for dialogue and and say, how do we actually bring reconciliation as kingdom agents in this world? I am so excited for that one. And the last one is a bivocational cohort. If you are a bivocational kingdom leader of any kind, where your ministry and your business are separated throughout the week, but you want to continue to bring them together, you have unique realities you're processing. That is a 12-week cohort. But all those start September 1st through 3rd. Guys, we have limited slots. These are going to go really quickly. We only have a maximum of 12 slots on each one. So you're going to want to go there and register quickly. These cost a fraction of what one-on-one coaching costs, but they actually bring bring you together with some incredible people, bring you together with tools, and I can't brag on our team enough. Guys, do not miss fall cohort season. Do not continue to lead through this massive growth curve alone. Please, please, please consider joining one of our fall cohorts. Now, back to the podcast. Hey friends, welcome back to the Right Side Up Leadership Podcast. We've got a good one for you today. Actually, for the next three episodes, we're going to give you some highlights. So honestly, I think every episode is a highlight reel, so it was really hard to choose. But David and I are going to bring you some of our highlights. And then for the third episode, Jonathan, our podcast producer, is also going to share his. Guys, we get to hear all of these And we just want to make sure that you didn't miss any. I know this last season has been nuts. We hope you've been traveling and we hope you've been absorbing maybe some audio books, have had some sweet times with the Lord, have had some amazing times with your family, but we want to refocus you in on some topics that we think are really helpful for you. So David, awesome to be here on the podcast with you, man. 
Yeah, it's good to be back. It's been a while since we've been able to record, so I'm I'm stoked to be back in it. It has. Fall brings normalcy of things for good or for ill, so I know you've had fun. We had an opportunity to hike some mountains together and um, just see this beautiful mountain lake, have some incredible conversations, and uh, to be together. So I think I'm ready to go for the fall, whatever this will hold, and uh, I'm excited to hear some of your highlights. So uh, we're going to give you five. I know we could give you 25 easily. Um, but of these five highlights, David, give us your first one. Yeah, the first one is episode 85. It's Darren Patrick um, about his pastoral crash. And this one's special on, you know, a few different levels. Uh, tragically, uh, Darren um, passed away this this last year, or I mean this year. And um, we had the privilege of being able to sit down with him. You did specifically, Alan, um, to talk about his journey his pastoral journey where he, he burnt out. He was uh, doing too much. Um, he was, uh, didn't have his identity rooted in, in who he was in Christ before uh, his accomplishments. And so that's what this clip is about. It is about being a, um, being a son before a servant. And Darren talks about how he learned that the hard way. So I hope this was in, as encouraging to you as it was to me. And uh, listen to Darren Patrick talk about um, being a son before a servant. You know, I, I just think it's very interesting and instructive that when, when Jesus was baptized, you know, the father says, you know, you are my son, you know, that's identity. And then with you, I'm well pleased. That's affirmation. And so in a sense, we're always looking for, or at least I was, am, uh, always looking for that. Okay. Who am I? Like, and, and what happened to me was I got servant before son. Um, and so that became primary. So I'm God's servant, um, you know, and before my identity was in being a son, I'm a, I, w- I was a servant who sometimes felt like a son versus a son who served. And I, and that was just, you know, my own ministry idolatry. Mm. Um, so yeah, I just think, and yet, listen, man, the, the evangelical industrial complex is not going to tell you to slow down. It's not going to tell you to, hey, don't write the book or don't go speak at the conference. They, I mean, they want, they're going to keep it going. So, yep. you know, that was part of the deal. You know, I'm in that flow and it's very seductive and because you're doing good things. I mean, it's not like I'm going to strip clubs and, you know, like abusing people, but it's, but it's, but it's very subtle, like how kind of the entitlement creeps in and the, the, uh, just the idea that more is better. And honestly, and I think every pastor, the, the five hardest words for every pastor to believe is, uh, Jesus said, I will build my church. That is so hard to believe. We think we have to do that. And I, and I absolutely believed that it was my responsibility to grow the church. Um, and so I, that just got me on a, you know, talk about a, a crack or a fracture that just opened up so much even in the middle of, you know, success. I mean, I, when I go and tell my story, I'm like, one of the first things to say is like, especially for church planners, I'm like, I experienced everything you guys could dream about in your wildest dreams. Mm. I, I planted a church from nothing. It grew to thousands and thousands. I helped start a network that grew to hundreds of churches internationally. I wrote multiple books. I, I got, I finished my highest degrees. Uh, in schooling, my family was awesome. You know, got had it, got it all, and 
and and I, I then I follow up like sometimes Roman, you know, sometimes uh, according to Romans one, God's judgment is giving us what we want, and that's what exactly that's exactly what happened to me. And such good stuff in there, and actually was just with a leader who said that he's gone back and listened to several of Darren's sermons after his passing, and went back and listened to this podcast episode. So I'd encourage you to go back and listen to the whole thing. That's episode 85. And again, continue to pray for his family uh, during this is really tragic time and tragic season for him. All right, man, pick number two. What's your second highlight? Number two, episode 97, Rashawn Copeland uh, from Hype Man to Hope Dealer. He has an amazing story of just kind of rising to the top in um, the hip hop world, living out in LA and just how he basically had everything he could ever want in that lifestyle and how it still left him empty. So this is a a moment in his story where he shares uh, how God met him in his brokenness. Uh, And it's really, really powerful, especially when we're going through a season that is full of a lot of pain and brokenness right now that God meets us in the midst of our pain. So hope this clip is encouraging to you. Uh, I love his story and I love his passion for the gospel. So listen to Rayshon Copeland in episode 97. I had everything I pretty much wanted. I had the house in the valley. I had the G-Wagon. I had, you know, the girl of my dreams who was in law school at USC. And I even had my love for pornography. And I love my sin. I had everything I wanted. Life was fun. But needless to say, uh, the void, the emptiness I felt inside of me really compelled me to go into like the next room over, grab a pistol one night and put it in my mouth. And as I'm shaking with this thing in my hand, um, here's what he, he showed me is, um, out of nowhere, like basically my phone lights up and the only Christian girl, you know, sort of, uh, that I followed basically wrote me a message and, you know, this message said, Oh, how wide, how deep, how vast the love of God is and nothing in all creation can separate uh, us from that love that's found in Christ Jesus. And when I was reading, reading, I started weeping and weeping. And at that point, like the veil, like fell from my eyes. Like I've been running from this God who loves me so much. And what he taught me was one, two things, victory. We have victory over darkness in, in Christ and that his love uh, is, is greater than whatever I'm going through, whatever problems I'm facing and that he's a God um, who meets me there in whatever I'm facing. So, but the second thing is, is that the power of social media, and that's why I devote my life to uh, ministry online is one, because like in the same way, you know, God met me where I was, I can meet people where they are. Rashawn is my dude. I love this guy. I love his passion for people who don't yet know Jesus. And he is, he's as, as authentic as they come. I just love him sharing about his past and his story. That is no longer what marks him and who he is. Again, you can check out this whole episode, 97. It is worth listening to. Also, his new book, Start Where You Are, is about to drop. And he is going to come on our Healthy Leaders Summit and cannot wait to host another conversation with him. All right, man, more good clips coming our way. What's the next highlight? Uh, Daniel Grothy, episode 101. He talks about chasing wisdom. And I don't know about you, but that is all, almost all I've wanted and needed in this season as we try to discern in unprecedented time. So this whole episode is about wisdom. And he talks about the wisdom of asking for help in this clip that we need to swallow our pride and reach out to people um, to pour into us and to learn from and glean from. 
And so he talks a little bit about Steve Jobs and his story and just this concept of we need to be willing to ask for help. And I've needed to do that in this season. I'm guessing a lot of you have. And if you've pushed that off, I hope this is the challenge for you to uh, reach out to people around you to, to ask for help. So I love this clip from Daniel and I hope you enjoy it. Well, we live in a society that tells us if we're strong, if you're doing it right, you won't need anybody. And the sign of success in America is when you get to the point to where you're isolated and you don't have to ask for anything. And it's just, it doesn't work. We all know that that's not how life works. And I tell the story, you know, just to provoke people that, hey, this is what great folks do. They ask for help. I, I tell the story of the 12 year old Steve Jobs. And he's living in Palo Alto, uh, growing up as a little boy, and he wanted to learn how to build a frequency counter. Now, I don't even know what a frequency counter is because that's so many generations ago of technology, but that was like the cutting edge. And Bill Hewlett lived across town of Hewlett Packard. He's the CEO and the president of one of the greatest organizations on the planet. The 12-year-old Steve Jobs gets out a phone book, and he flips through it, and he finds Bill Hewlett's name and home phone number in the phone book. And he picks it up. He calls Mr. Hewlett. Bill Hewlett picks up the phone. He says, Bill here. And the kid goes, hey, my name's Steve Jobs. I'm 12, and I want to learn how to build a frequency counter. And Hewlett goes, man, what chutzpah? You know, like, of course. So he gives him a job. He gives him the part. And Steve Jobs becomes Steve Jobs. And he said at the end of his life, he was being interviewed, and he said, I just, I've never not asked for help. And my, I've never found someone who wouldn't be willing to help me if I just put myself in the way of their help. So I, I think that every great person I've spent time around lives with a sort of holy presumption. I work that phrase in the book, holy presumption, that they're not presumptuous. They're not going to be a diva, but they're going to ask. They're going to put themselves in the way of help and then see how things shake out. And so I, I think we think we have to be strong. We have to have it all together. And even if we don't know, we want to act like we know. But I think the kingdom of God values people who are humble enough to say, I need your help. God opposes the proud. He gives grace to the humble. So all of the listeners out there, you, you run businesses, you're nonprofit leaders, you're pastors, you're in the grind, and you're, you're seeing challenges come up right and left. Look for someone who's logged some miles with God. Look for someone who is unfazed by your little story that's unfolding right now. And for us, living in our story, it's like the only thing happening. But there are people out there who have greater perspective, who have, who have stories to tell, who have experienced things along the way that will be able to save you and to help you if you'll just ask. So I think, I think the bottom line, the starting point of Chasing Wisdom is saying, you know what, I don't have enough on my own, and I need to find some people who can help me along the way. So ask for help. Daniel's such a great guy. I've loved developing a friendship with him. And he and I have both been shaped by Eugene Peterson and, and him even more directly than I've had the chance to. But um, what an incredible book, his book, Chasing Wisdom. We'd encourage you to pick that up as well. We need lots of wisdom in this season. We're going to continue to. This next one's a little bit different. This is David and I. And um, David, why don't you kind of fill people in on why you think this was such a crucial episode, really even why we recorded it in the first place and why we want to point people back to it. Yeah, this one was all about refilling our souls in anxious times. This is episode 108. And this encapsulates this last season for me. And I know for you too, that there was grieving and pain 
um, and how our summers looked completely different than we wanted them to, how these last four months have been full of um, just things that drain our souls and our hearts. And so this is um, where we're talking about how we have to adapt in how we fill our souls. And specifically for me, um, how I needed to learn how to rest my heart, not just take a physical Sabbath of you know ceasing from work, doing the things that I love to do, but I needed to learn how to rest my heart and my racing mind. And so I talk about that in this episode. And it's just, I think this is exactly... Um, you know, what, what describes this season for me. And so I hope it, it uh, resonates with you guys who are listening. I'm, I'm sure it will. And uh, that's why we included this. So take a listen to me and Alan talk about refilling our soul in anxious times, episode 108. And um, the, the thing that I've been realizing and what's shifted in my um, approach to rest and, uh, replenishment is because of this kind of low grade fever of anxiety. When I try to Sabbath once a week, I realize I'm not truly resting or I hadn't been. And I was trying to figure out why is that? Why do I feel like I'm not actually resting? I'm still anxious. I'm still consumed with thoughts. I'm still thinking about the week ahead, uh, week ahead. So I'm not resting. And it took me a while to figure out what that reason was, but for me, and I want to share this with our listeners, but I couldn't rest until my heart was at rest. And I needed to figure out new rhythms of resting my heart, which I didn't need to do at least to this degree before all of this. I didn't have that low grade fever of anxiety that was, I was bringing into my Sabbath. So, um, after each Sabbath, I'm like, what in the world? I don't feel, <laughs> I don't feel refreshed. Yeah, I would like another, not doing it. Yeah. And it was frustrating. It was kind of freaking me out a little bit because the things that had sustained me in the the prior, the previous season, I was like, what's the deal? Why is this not working? You know, we, we talk about Sabbath so much uh, at state forth and I'm like, why is it not working in this moment? And so for me, I had to start my Sabbath, start my activities of replenishment by calming my heart, by calming my spirit. And Mm. The way that I've been doing that is trying to practice First Peter uh, five seven, where it talks about casting all of our anxieties and burdens onto the Lord because He cares for us. And so I needed to practically incorporate that rhythm before every Sabbath to say, I know I'm not going to rest until I try to calm this stinking thing, either in my <laughs> my head or my my heart and my spirit to actually enter into a time of rest because my heart is now at rest. And so what I would do is just name all the things that were eating my lunch, all the things that were taking up space in my head rent-free that was just giving kind of complete ownership and, and uh, uh, I guess, sovereignty over my heart were all these things that were bothering me, whether it's decisions I need to make or how we're going to you know, do this reopening or yeah, that, what's that person's comment that's been sticking on me um, and causing me to, to be restless. And so I developed rhythms of starting my Sabbath time or starting a walk by giving things over to God, giving over burdens and anxieties um, over to God. And it, it has helped immensely Mm. learning how to calm my spirit before I enter into activities that replenish me has, has been a game changer. And so some of you might be listening and you're like, Hey man, I've been doing all these things. I've been making sourdough starters, you know, and it's pretty fun or whatever, but like, (laughs) It's not, 
I'm still feeling this way. You know, how do I, how do I attack this? And for me, it's been, there's a spiritual issue of restlessness in my heart that I had to address and I didn't recognize it. I was thinking that these kind of physical rhythms that I've incorporated into my life were going to fix it, but I needed to address that, that heart issue. This next guest is, well, no stranger to the podcast and no stranger to me. All right, man, your fifth pick here in our draft of sorts uh, of the podcast, who we got coming on next. Yeah, man, it's your brother, which is great. I've, I've loved listening to him on the podcast and he's kind of been a regular on, on the show. And so he talks about um, really, this is what we need in this time right now. What does this time require of us? And he talks about how discernment and resiliency um, kind of need to be combined in this moment. And he gives us a little Venn diagram. He describes that, but how we, we need courage, we need compassion, and we need wisdom in this time. And so I just love that. And I think it's easy to, to move towards one or the other, depending on how we're wired, but that this time calls uh, for all three of those things. Otherwise, we're going to make some, some wonky decisions. So challenging for me, it's really helped me keep my head on straight in this time of discernment. So I'm super thankful for JR and go ahead and listen to this clip from episode 113. Yeah, well, there's another Venn diagram. Um, this one is a three circle diagram. So if you think uh, about kind of the, a lot of, you know, people would think about the Trinity symbol, the three overlapping circles, which is called a triquetra, uh, which the Celts made very famous. But if you think about three circles overlapping um, and you think about wisdom in one circle, compassion in the other and courage in the third, think about those three circles. All three of those are crucial because people say that's a great diagram you have between preparedness and hopefulness. But how do I know how to do that? How do I know I'm doing that? You'd use the word discernment. Yeah, we could use the word wisdom. So we need all three of those. We need wisdom. We need compassion and we need courage. Because if we have wisdom and compassion, but no courage, we can be very riskless. If we have compassion and courage, but no wisdom, we can be very reckless. But if we have wisdom and courage without compassion, that's incredibly careless. And I mean, care dash less, like without care. Um, But when we have wisdom, courage, and compassion all together, that's priceless. And that's the kind of leadership that we need moving forward. And that's actually a prayer that I pray uh, many times a week. Lord, uh, I, I long for you to grant me equal measures of wisdom, compassion, and courage. And I just feel like there, if I only prayed one prayer, if I could boil it down to praying f- for how I can be a better leader, it would be, Lord, I want to be wise. I want to be compassionate. I want to be courageous in equal measures. Teach me how to do that. Guys, we hope that this kind of sampler platter was helpful and also that it was very practical. These are things you can apply immediately to your life. We're not talking in these huge generalizations. We're trying not to be at 30,000 feet. In the podcast, we want to bring that down and ask real leaders who are walking through real issues in real time, how they are living and acting and responding and, and sometimes reacting. We're not perfect. David and I continue to be on this battle and in this struggle of the fall and what feels like a really hard and divided season, a challenging one. We don't have all the answers. And so I think JR's last clip on resilience, I think is something that we all need to grow in, in this next season. And so I just want to leave you with something really simple. Can you share this with somebody else? Can you share this episode of the podcast with somebody else and have a conversation? 
have a real conversation. I don't know how we become resilient leaders. I don't know how we avoid burnout without other humans. We need other people to see things that we don't see, to be able to laugh together. I don't know that we've ever needed people more than we do right now. And so if you feel like you are living in isolation, please draw near to somebody else. Have a real conversation. Do a heart check. Call somebody for five minutes or 10 minutes and just check back up on them. Call somebody in your town that you can sit together with six feet away and have a cup of coffee. Please, guys, we do not want you to live in isolation. This is not just about information here on this podcast. We want you to take your next right steps and ultimately to see transformation in your life. Guys, one more reminder, if you are a leader of any kind, I mean any kind, we want to invite you to block off your calendar on October 5th through the 8th. That's the 5th through the 8th of October for the Healthy Leaders Summit. We're going to be bringing you conversations with some incredible leaders. We're going to be asking you to draw near to your teams, to be able to watch that either together in the same room or together in different living rooms, whether it is your living room, your dining room, or the boardroom. Please tune in for some incredible leadership tips and insights and practical next steps during the Healthy Leaders Summit. This is going to be a challenging fall. We believe a wave of burnout is on the way. We're in the middle of a politically politically divided season and time in our culture. Please, please, please block off time so that you can get healthy, so that you can continue to live and lead for the long haul. We'll catch you on the next episode. So long.